Hopefully that's exercised some of your vocal cords. That's uh, really good uh, to hear us worshipping uh, God. Uh, there's a few things that are going to happen tonight. And um, one of them is going to be these ladies going through the waters of baptism. We're looking forward to that. It's going to be a little bit more towards the end of our service. We've got Tom who's going to come up, uh, not quite yet, and share a little bit about what baptism is about. Because there's just this big pool of water in a church and what's going on? What's it all about? Why are they getting wet tonight? Is it just a big bath for them? Are we putting bubble bath in there? It's warm enough, <laughs> which is really nice. Um, but before we, before we do that, I just want to share uh, some thoughts uh, that I felt God uh, had shared with me to share uh, for you this evening. And uh, so indulge me, uh, please, as I just open up a little bit of the Word of God and, and just kind of uh, share a few things, if that's all right. Um, I do youth work here, and it's a privilege uh, to see so many young people here tonight, friends as well. Thank you for coming. And uh, we love the fact that there are a lot of children and young people in this church. We feel really blessed by that. And um, in our youth discipleship groups, we've been looking at the Gospel of Mark, four Gospels in the New Testament. We've been looking at Mark, and uh, each time we study it, there seems to be something new that kind of comes up. We're really kind of excited. Annabella's nodding. That's really good. Thank you. You've been listening. (laughs) So it seems fitting for me that the passage I'm going to speak on really quickly is Mark 8, uh, 27 to 29. It's not long. It's not long at all. So let me just read it. It says, Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, who do people say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? And Peter answered, you are the Christ. A powerful two sentences in Mark's gospel there. The area of Caesarea Philippi uh, was a place where there was a lot of pagan worship of different gods over many uh, years, centuries. So the villages around the area wouldn't have actually been uh, the nicest places to go. They were heavily influenced by what went on at Caesarea Philippi. Now, I've had the chance to go out to Israel, and I've been to that place. And whilst, obviously, that stuff doesn't go on now, at the time, it would have been quite a nasty place to go, especially if you're a good Jewish boy. Because Jesus takes his disciples to the outlying villages, probably something that they shouldn't have been doing, but Jesus is taking them there nonetheless. And on the way, Jesus asks the disciples, who do people say that I am? Now, Jesus knows that they've got friends and family and uh, they've kind of left them a little bit and they're probably having all these kind of conversations going on. And people would have asked them, who is this guy that you're following? Who is this guy? That's why Jesus is asking them. Because there are plenty of people that are kind of coming up with some statements Some say that Jesus is John the Baptist, who was actually Jesus' cousin that had quite recently been beheaded for some of the things that he said about one of the rulers. 
Some say it was Elijah, who was one of the greatest prophets from the Old Testament, who the Bible tells us never actually died, but was taken up into heaven in a heavenly chariot. Some say he's just one of the prophets from the Old Testament uh, that all of the Jewish people would have known about, and they knew that there was someone that was meant to be coming called a Messiah. Each one of these responses from uh, people didn't truly know who he was. And then Jesus asks the question to his disciples, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? A direct question to these young men that have been following Jesus for quite a while now. Peter responds, you are the Christ or you are the Messiah. Peter's response is based on the evidence that he sees firsthand of what Jesus has been doing and his miracles, what he has been saying. And Jesus' actions back up the teachings of what the prophets have been saying for the Old Testament. So Jesus is totally doing everything that they were expecting of a Messiah. Now, it's a bold statement. In my understanding, it's Peter making that declaration that he is a believer and a true follower of Jesus. Just like Annabella and Katie and Evie this evening. This is their confession of who Jesus is. This is them saying, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are my saviour. Their public declaration this evening will echo in eternity. Their eternal destiny secured because of the Christ that hung on a cross for all of our sins thousands of years ago and who, the Bible tells us, rose again to give us new life. So I ask the question to our society today. Who do people say Jesus is in our society today? For some, he's a story they once heard when they were very young, but has no relevance whatsoever for them now. For some, he's a regular swear word in the local pub, in the schools, in the homes or the workplace. For some, he's a fairy tale made up to give people a little bit of hope. For some, he's just another prophet. Peace be upon him, they say. No more than that. For some, he's the brunt of jokes, someone to make fun of, an easy target. For some, he was a good man, but he wasn't God's son. For most people, they make the assumption of who he is, just like the people at Jesus' time. They didn't know him personally. They didn't get to know him deeply into who Jesus was and instead made up their own minds and went about their business. So I ask the question to you tonight. Who do you say Jesus is? Do you identify with any of these Uh, groups of people that I have mentioned 
It's all right. We're not here to judge this evening. Okay. It's not what it's about. But the question is, who do you say Jesus is? For these three here tonight, they say, you are the Christ. For many here this evening, we have said he is the Christ. And for billions around the world, they have said that Jesus is the Christ. So I ask you again, who do you say Jesus is? There was a guy called Josephus. He was a first century Jewish historian. And he's quoted as saying about this time, he was a first century one, by the way, so this is when Jesus was around, just about time. About this time there lived Jesus, a wise man, if indeed one ought to call him a man. For he was one who performed surprising deeds and was a teacher of such people as accept the truth gladly. He won over many Jews and many of the Greeks. He was the Messiah. C.S. Lewis, the author of the Narnia Chronicles, if you've ever read any of the books or seen any of the films, a man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would be either a lunatic on the level with the man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Bono, of you too, actually says... He was either the son of God or completely nuts. So who do you say Jesus is? Last year, the actor Chris Pratt, also known as Star-Lord, get him in there, from Guardians of the Galaxy, gave an acceptance speech at the MTV Awards where he nailed his flag to the mast. And he said, God is real. God loves you. God wants the best for you. Believe that, because I do. He said that to an audience of millions. He nailed his flag to the mast and said he believes in God. And there's some amazing things that he's gone on to say in interviews. Lucas Mora. (laughs) The Spurs hat-trick hero from Wednesday night. (laughs) God bless him. (laughs) A Christian who actually says, I would never exchange the life of Christ for anything else. I would never exchange the life of Christ for anything else. So who do you say Jesus is? I've asked you that question five times tonight. And the reason why is I want you to explore I challenge you to find out who Jesus is, to search for the evidence. I don't want you to walk away from here tonight still thinking one of those previous statements about who Jesus is. I want you to think deeply. You see, Jesus is the centre point of it all. In John's Gospel, 14 verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Not Buddha, not Allah, not Ganesh, or any other God, but Christ says only through him. The evidence for Christ being the Son of God is overwhelming. Scripture says he appeared to over 500 people after his resurrection, and still a body has not been found. 
all apart from one of the disciples, were killed for their belief in Jesus. No man would do that for a dead Messiah, but only for one who lives. For me, and Paul says this in scripture, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. And that's what I want for each of you this evening. To know that through Jesus' death and resurrection, from all of his love that he has for you, you can have full acceptance of eternal salvation and an eternity in heaven. For me, the alternative doesn't bear thinking about. But each day, more and more people probably enter the gates of hell than they do heaven. Scripture tells us that Jesus has the keys to hell and death. He defeated them and he sits at the right hand of his father. It says that he is a victor. He is the risen king. And the Bible tells us that he will return again. Will he be returning for you? For Peter, he confessed that Jesus was the Christ. One of the disciples said Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah, his saviour, his friend, his captain and his king. What about you? Who do you say Jesus is? What path are you on? I want to invite you, if you don't know Jesus, to ponder on that. Think about that as we kind of go through the rest of this service. This could be a night that is eternity changing for you. I pray that it would be that. We have extra towels here. (laughs) We always do. Not in case anyone falls in. If anybody actually says, yes, I believe. And it's as simple as that. I believe that Peter when he confessed who Jesus was. That was his moment of securing his eternity. But he became a follower of Jesus. He made loads of mistakes. We looked at that a little bit this morning. He made some mistakes. But Jesus loved him. And he built his church on him. And the church is still going strong. Because of the faith of these young men that gave their lives alongside Jesus. So I'm going to ask and invite you, if you don't know Jesus, to step onto that path of life tonight and simply confess that Jesus is Christ, regardless of who you are, what you've done. Jesus says that whilst we were sinners, he died for us. And I'm going to pray a simple prayer. Just a really simple prayer. And if you want to follow that in your heart and mean that, that'd be awesome. And if you've just got loads of questions from tonight, then we're we're running Alpha courses where it's just exploring who Jesus is, what Christianity is about. We've got one running at the moment, which is halfway through kind of thing. We'll, We'll have another one going as well. If you really want to know, or if you're not from around here, find a local church where you see the Alpha banner, a big red question mark, and a man with a beard. <laughs> well, I'm going to pray this prayer. It's really simple. If you want to follow in your heart, then please do so. If not, that's okay. 
And it's so simple, it's one line. And it's this. Jesus, I repent. I'm sorry for my wrongdoings. The things that we call sin. You are the Christ. You are my King. Amen. We're going to sing another song now before uh, Tom comes up and explains exactly what's going to happen with this big bath. (laughs) So let's stand. All right for some, isn't it? (laughs) Terrible. But it's good to be here, and it's great to see so many visitors as well, so welcome if you've not been here before. It's it's great to have you here with us. So as Gary says, baptism is, is a very strange thing. There are going to be some of you that leave here tonight thinking, what on earth was that all about? Because essentially, what we're going to do tonight... Um, myself and, and Charlotte, who's at the back somewhere, um, is gonna, we're going to get in there. It's nice and warm. We're going to stand there for a bit. We're going to sing a couple of songs. And then the three baptismal candidates tonight are going to take the microphone and they're going to share their testimony. They're going to explain a bit about their Christian walk and why it is that they're doing what they're doing here tonight. And then, one by one, they're going to come down into the waters and Charlotte and I are going to say some words um, and read a verse of Scripture. And then we're going to dunk them under the water we're going to pull them back out again. We're not going to sort of hold them under and read the Bible or something. You know, it's not a test of endurance or anything. Um, They'll get out, sopping wet, and they'll be prayed for, and then they'll go and get changed, and next time you see them, they'll be dry. What is that all about? Well, quite simply, this is a Baptist church. So as you can probably guess, baptism is very important to us because baptism is following the example of Jesus Jesus was 30 years old when he started his ministry, and he lasted for three years. And his ministry began with baptism. You don't come to baptism when you've got all the answers, when you think you're kind of, you're there. You're you're saved, you've been made perfect, you you can quote the whole Bible straight off the cut. That's not what it's about. You come to baptism when you think, I need to know more. I've just begun to to learn a little bit about Jesus. I've just begun to read scripture. I've just begun to understand that actually what I thought the Bible said isn't what it actually says. That actually there is a a, a code of integrity and goodness and righteousness that I want to live my life by. There's no values in, in the gospel that Jesus promoted that I don't agree with. And I want to know more. And when you get to that point, that's when you can start thinking about baptism. When you think it all makes sense. Jesus, Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus was the Son of God. He was who he claimed to be. The gospel adds up. It makes sense. I want to adhere to that in my life. I want to commit to that. I want to follow the example of Jesus. That's when you're ready for a dunking. You won't have all the answers. These three candidates tonight do not have all the answers. I do not have all the answers. Even Gary does not have all the answers. (laughs) We'll never have all the answers. But that's the whole point of baptism. We are all fallen. We all get things wrong. We all make mistakes in life. We say stupid things. We do things we regret. We treat people badly and later have to pay the price for it. We all live imperfect lives. Gary described the baptismal pool as a big bath earlier, and in a way he's right, because why why do we have a bath? 
is to get clean, isn't it? It's to wash ourselves. When we go through the waters of baptism, we're dunked under the water. Sometimes we say that we're dying to our old self and we come out as a new life, a new life in Christ. Sometimes we talk about it being like a, a, a rebirth, emerging again as a new individual. But ultimately, we do it because Jesus told us to do it. We do it because we know that we all need a, a, a symbolic clean start, a fresh start from which we can begin our faith journey. The point at which we say, Lord, I need you in my life. Forgive me for all the stuff I've done in the past and be with me throughout my future. Our God is not a God who defines us by what we've done in the past. There is nothing that is too big for him to forgive. He defines us by the future he's got planned for us. And this evening, as we baptise these three fantastic young ladies, this is the start point for them. So, friends and family, it's great to have you here but I'll let you in on a little secret that they probably won't thank me for. There were several people who were very nervous about inviting friends and family tonight. They were terrified of being mocked and ridiculed. Don't do that. Baptism does not mean that we've got all the answers. Baptism means that we've got the humility to say, I haven't got the answers, and I need, I need Jesus in my life. So thank you for coming and supporting them tonight. We love them. They're a blessing to this church, and we believe they must be a blessing to their friends and family as well. Support them, encourage them, and ask them about their baptism. And they will share. So, if there are any uh, young children that would like to come up the front and get splashed, I mean... um, have a look at what's going on then. Please do so if you can't actually see. We're hopefully going to be out on the big screen as well anyway. Um, is that all right? Good. Excellent. So, um, Annabella, first up. Come on. Come on. There you go. Do you want to share your testimony? There you go. I have no exact date from when I realised I was Christian. All I remember is one church service, Gary was speaking, and I just felt that the church was the home that I was missing. I would never change being a Christian for the world. Yeah, it will be hard, but there are always people there to support you. Being a Christian is the best thing to admit to, is you feel proud saying, yes, I am a Christian. After admitting to being a Christian, I felt relieved that I could accomplish anything, because I wasn't hiding anymore. Well, it was before I felt like no one liked or cared about me, but I've realised that the church are the many people I can count on to always be there. I decided to get baptised because of my friend Ella. I watched her getting baptised last year, and I just knew at that point I was ready. Now, God has performed some brilliant miracles in my life, such as healing my sister from a heart operation at four months old. She was told she wouldn't live till Christmas, and now she's 11 years old. I knew that was God telling me that he's always listening and helping people who need it. Many people have helped me on this journey, such as my parents, my nan and my granddad, Ella, of course, and Gary, who without him I would never have been in the right mindset to do this. I came connected to God last year at Suffolk Camp. A certain prayer by Oliver, Oliver Grimes and Ellie just got me thinking that God is there watching over you whether you want him there or not. 
Some devastating things have happened in my life, but this church has brought me through it. And I've got to say, this church is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Come. Am I on? Oh yeah. Oh, evening again. Bella, <laughs> that was um, that was an extraordinary testimony. Thank you for sharing that. That is priceless, and uh, it's so nice to hear someone celebrating their church, isn't it? Well, I thought it was anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that was brilliant, though. Thank you. So, what we've got now um, is we've got a verse of scripture that we're going to give to you on your baptism, and we pray that it will speak into your future Christian life. And then we've got some promises that I'm going to read out, and you're going to respond with um, the appropriate response, which will either be, I do, or I will. Okay? And then we'll baptise you. So, the passage of scripture that has been given to you for your baptism by the leadership of this church, who are overwhelmed with your words just now, I can tell you. It comes from Paul's letter to the Philippians, and it says this. And I am convinced and sure of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ, right up to the time of his return, developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. None of us are perfect. We are all a work in progress. But we hope that we can all pass on our Christian faith to the next generation. So, Annabella, do you believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour? I do. Do you turn from sin, renounce evil, and intend to follow Jesus? I do. Will you live within the fellowship of the church, and will you serve Jesus Christ in the world? I will. Annabella, you are called to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. On confession of your faith, we now gladly baptise you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Katie, come on up. Heather's coming as well. You alright? Yeah. You um, I first decided to come to church when I was in year 11 after a conversation I actually had with Ella at school. She basically told me that I should come to the Alpha course because I love having debates with everyone, particularly if they're religious. <laughs> So as an atheist, I decided to come along because I love my RS lessons where I could particularly argue with my teacher. Um, so despite never having come to church before, I decided that I was going to come. At this point, I was sure that I would remain an atheist, and this was just a way to debate and make friends. I already knew a few of them from Mayflower and from primary school, and everyone else was really friendly. I remember a conversation I actually had with Helga on one of the first times I came, and she told me the story of Lazarus in John chapter 11. 
But we didn't talk about Lazarus being raised from the dead. Instead, we, talk, we spoke about Jesus weeping alongside Lazarus' sisters, which to me shows God as being compassionate. This was important to me because before that, I had never really imagined God to be someone like that. He was somebody that people feared, and I was focusing on the wrong things. There were two turning points for me in terms of becoming a Christian. The first was when I was here for a baptism, and Gary had been speaking about things that raised a lot of questions to me. But every time I had a question, it was answered for me without me even having to ask, either by Gary or by God in my mind. I'd never experienced anything like this before, and everything became so clear to me. The second point was in a small church I visited in Paris. I felt God's presence with me so strongly, and this made me feel so calm, yet I couldn't find the words to explain it. Mm. I never expected that I'd be coming to church, let alone being baptised, but I feel so lucky to have this opportunity. All my friends here have helped me so much, and I know that God has been working in my life through them, especially through that first conversation I had with Ella that brought me here. Amen. Brilliant. Thank you, Katie. Welcome. Katie, I remember you coming on that Alpha course, and I remember you confidently assuring us that there was no way at all that you were ever going to believe in God, and so it is so, so good to be standing here about to baptise you. Bless you. Thank you for your testimony, and thank you for your, your honesty and your humility, and thank you for the way that you've accepted God into your life. St. Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, says these words, which has been chosen for you on the day of your baptism. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has a plan for your life. And this is just the start of it. Katie, do you believe in one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit? I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour? I do. Do you turn from sin, renounce evil and intend to follow Jesus? I will. Will you live within the fellowship of the church and will you serve Jesus Christ in the world? I will. Katie, you are called to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. On confession of your faith, we gladly baptise you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Last but by no means least, come on up, Evie. <laughs> Oh, you even got a testimony carrier. Yeah. That's, wow. That, that's, that's the Walker elite right there. Yeah, I just thought I'm going to lose it. So okay, okay, fair enough. Crack Organized. on. Okay. Um, just to clarify, um, before I start, my testimony is not going to be like, amazing. I've heard so many others who stood up here who's been like, absolutely story. fantastic. Like So many people have like, fled from their countries and then found God, and so many people have done amazing things. And my life's just not like that, because I'm just a British girl who's, like, you know, in Bidderiki. But, um... <laughs> yeah, and I think the most interesting thing that's happened to me was when 
I licked a cactus when I was, like, seven because I wanted to see what it tasted like because, you know, I'm smart. Um, but <laughs> my odd childhood whims aside, um, my life's been fantastic. And I've lived in a country which is amazing. I've had all the things I could ever need in life, and I'm really grateful. Grateful. However, it doesn't make for the best story, so I am sorry. Um, right, um... I've always been surrounded by the church community, and they are the loveliest people you ever meet. And I was born into the Walker clan, who are the latest people you ever meet. So um, there's that. And I just had such a happy childhood, which I really, really am grateful for. Um, when I was like six, in year six, I started having image issues. And it just started off with like, noticing small differences from the way I looked compared with other people. Around me, I saw that I was like a foot taller than everyone else, and I had frizzy hair, and I just felt so insecure about how I looked. And it came to a point where, like, I tried to avoid mirrors altogether because I just felt awful whenever I looked in one, which is probably very vain, but um, as you know, it's just how I felt. And um, I didn't tell my family because I thought it was just a normal thing to think, and I, I didn't want anyone to worry, so I kept it to myself. Um, it was the year that I went. To youth camp for the first time, which is basically like a mini holiday. You go with the youth group where you study the word, you do worship music, and my favourite was the baking competition because, you know, I like a bit of that. And um, I was talking to Ruth about some other problems I was having during that summer, and she was praying for me when she suddenly said, um, I think God's telling you that you need to stop judging yourself and that you're his creation and you're beautiful. Mm. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> And, um, oh gosh, sorry. As soon as I, she said that, I turned into like a huge blubbery mess because I knew exactly what I needed to hear. And it was completely unexpected. And it was my first real experience of God. And, um, yeah, nothing like that had ever happened before. Since then, I've had a few encounters with the Holy Spirit, and every single one of them has left me as like an emotional wreck, which is not a pretty sight, but, um, <laughs> um, but um, just oh, every, every time, it's just amazing. Um, I still have troubles with my self-image, and my friends have been a real blessing during some of the times that I've had. Um, like, Leo, Freya, and Molly have really, really helped me through some of them, um, some of the more recent times. And I know that whatever happens, I have to try and remember what God said to me. Um, I know in my heart I've been walking with God since I was a little girl, and I'm surprised it's taken me this long to get baptised, but um, I'm so ex glad that I can do it around people who I love, my friends and family, and proclaim my faith today. Amen. Only from Billericay. Yeah. <laughs> Evie, thank you for sharing that um, open and honest testimony. That was, that was fantastic to hear. And you'll know the routine by now. We have a verse of scripture for you on the day of your baptism. It comes from Luke's Gospel, chapter 12. And it says this. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples and those gathered to listen. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. 
Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You're worth more than any sparrow. I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. That's the importance of what you're doing today. And we thank God for you and we pray for you to be blessed as you proclaim your faith before friends and family and those that you're going to meet in the future. Amen. Evie, do you believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour? I do. Do you turn from sin, renounce evil, and intend to follow Jesus? I do. Will you live within the fellowship of the church, and will you serve Jesus Christ in the world? Eva, you are called to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. On confession of your faith, we gladly baptise you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.